welcome to the Connection Church Dublin Sermon Podcast. Our mission is to connect people to a growing relationship with Jesus. One of the ways we do that is through the preaching of God's Word, centered on the gospel of Jesus Christ. Here's this week's message. So good morning. As they're, uh, as they're finishing up, I'd just like to welcome y'all here this morning. Welcome to Connection Church Dublin. Um, I'm glad y'all made it in the bad weather and the, the rain and the cold. And uh, if you don't know me, my name is Randy. Um, I have the pleasure of serving here at Connection as the care and discipleship pastor. So I'll be with you this morning. And there's, this, uh, there's a quote by Franklin, uh, Franklin Roosevelt that I, that I really like. He says, be sincere, be brief, and be seated. So that's what I'm going to try to do this morning. Uh, so let's go ahead and jump, jump right in. As we're going through 2 Peter chapter 3, we're going to be in verses 1 through 9 this morning. If you want to go ahead and find 2 Peter 3. Um, sometimes you flip right through it to 1 John, so it might take you a second to get there. But the one thing I want you to be thinking about is living life with purpose. Um, that's really throughout, throughout this whole chapter as I've studied the past couple weeks and really dove into it that I feel like um, he's really trying to get across to us here is living life with purpose. What does that look like and how do we do it? Um, so as we go through today, <clears throat> just be thinking. Be, be looking within and be thinking, am I living life with purpose? And what is that purpose? What is that purpose? I think in America today, we're really, really good at, at just living life. Um, we get through the day, we fill our schedules with stuff to do, and um, there's always ball games and family events and, and everything going on, and we're really good at, at getting life done and making it to the next day. But are we really living life with purpose, right? So I want us to really be thinking about the day. What is that purpose? So the last two weeks, we've been going through 2 Timothy, and uh, we did 2 Timothy chapter 2 uh, for two Sundays. It really talks a lot about false prophets and false teachers and how to identify them. Um, and once you identify them now, how do we uh, basically ignore them and then get back on keeping the main thing the main thing in the church? And AJ did a great job last week, and he really brought us all to. There's two things that we're all called to do as followers of Jesus. And that's one, make disciples. I'm sorry, excuse me. That's one, be a disciple of Jesus. And then two, make disciples, right? Out of everything in the Bible, we boil it down to two things we know we have to do. Be a disciple and make disciples. So let's read chapter three together. It says, dear friends, this is now my second letter to you. I've written both of them as reminders to stimulate you to wholesome thinking. I want you to recall the words spoken in the past by the holy prophets and the command given by our Lord and Savior through your apostles. Above all, you must understand that in the last days, scoffers will come, scoffing and following their own evil desires. They will say, where is this coming, he promised. Ever since our ancestors died, everything goes on as it has since the beginning of creation. But they deliberately forget that long ago by God's word, the heavens came into being and the earth was formed out of water and by water. By these waters also the world of that time was deluged and destroyed. By the same word, the present heavens and earth are reserved for fire, being kept for the day of judgment and destruction of the ungodly. But do not forget this one thing, dear friends. With the Lord, a day is like a thousand years, and a thousand years are like a day. The Lord is not slow in keeping His promise, as some understand slowness. Instead, He is patient with you, not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. Pray with me. Father, I just thank you for today, God, and I just thank you for, God, all that you've done at this church, God. I thank you for these people and every person that's here in every one of these seats, Father. And I just pray that as we go throughout this message, God, that you would just speak to your people. God, I pray that uh, you would just give me the ability to put myself to the side, Father, and that your gospel would go forth today. 
Father, that people would, would not come to, to know me, God, but they would come to know you better. And I just thank you and praise you for all that you do. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So I want to frame this for you a little bit. So first and second Peter, he's writing to believers in both books. So in first Peter, he starts the book out and he says to God's elect scattered all throughout these provinces. And then in second Peter, he begins and he says to those who through the righteousness of our God and Savior, Jesus Christ, have received a faith as precious as ours. So we know in, in these books, he's really talking to believers. And in first Peter, He's really, if you go throughout the, the book of 1 Peter, he really keeps coming back to a lot of the obedience of a believer. So what that actually looks like and how we live it out, right? And then in 2 Peter, I really think he's talking a lot about remembrance as a believer. He wants us to remember, right? Remembrance of who we are in Christ and remembrance of who Jesus is, right? Who Jesus Christ really is and who we are in him. So 2 Peter 1, 12 to 15, he says this. He says, So I will always remind you of these things, even though you know them and are firmly established in the truth you now have. I think it is right to refresh your memory as long as I live in the tent of this body, because I know that I will soon put it aside as our Lord Jesus Christ has made clear to me, and I will make every effort to see that after my departure, you will always be able to remember these things. So Peter's convinced in this letter that his time on earth is coming to an end, right? He's seeing his time on earth finished. He's seeing his death coming soon. And that gives him some, some perspective, right? So Peter's got a little bit of perspective on life right here. When you look up and like he did, and all of a sudden you, you realize that I have a whole lot more years behind me than are in front of me, right? That gives you a little perspective on what's truly important. What's eternally important in my day-to-day -day life? So Peter says, with this new perspective, on eternal importance, he says, remember. Remember who God is, remember God's plan, and then you can live life with purpose. And that's what we're going to talk about today. Remembering who God is, remembering God's plan, and then living life with purpose. He says, if you'll do these things, if you'll remember who God is, if you'll remember God's plan, then you won't go throughout this world and waste your time on, on all the things that we can fill our life with, right? On all the, the material things and the, the waste of time that, that we just don't have to have. All these things that we know, and I can tell you, no matter what you're seeking for, if it's not the things of God, it'll never fully and finally satisfy you. It just won't. Because once you reach it, guess what comes next? Now what? Now what do I want to achieve? Now what do I want to look at next? So I want us all to start living life in light of eternity, right? Peter says, instead, if we won't focus on those things, if we'll remember, you'll be stirred up to a life worthy of the calling you've received. Worthy of the calling you've received. So number one, let's talk about who God is. So Peter says, remember who God is. I think all of us we, we have to remember the power and the purpose of God. So I think what we do a lot of times <clears throat> is we see God as, yes, God is, God is in everything, and God is big, and he's powerful. But then at the same time, we kind of have him in this little box kind of over here to the side in our life a lot of times. So we say, man, God is great. God is awesome. And then we pull him out of his box when something's going good or something happens that we wanted to happen. Then we take him out of his box and say, man, God's over everything. Like God, God put, it, put it all into place for me. And then we put him back in the box, and then we live our life. And then when something bad happens, then we start saying, man, where was God? Like, I, I thought God was over everything, and then we just keep him in his box, right? So I think we have, a, we have a really, people are quick to put God in a box, right? He's powerful, but is he really in everything? 
How big is he? So Peter says, remember, be very, very clear on exactly who God is, exactly who he is, right? So God's holy, he's perfect, he's powerful, he's all-knowing. God is literally everywhere, he's in everything, and at every place all at the same time, right? God is the beginning and the end. He created the heavens and the earth all by the power of his word. God literally spoke existence into existence. Think about that for a second. Can we really wrap our minds around just how big and powerful God is? Can we? Do we? So think about it like this. I've I seen this, some, some stuff this week. So talking about the universe, not like our little universes that we live in or like just the universe that you can see around you, but the entirety of the universe. So astronomers say that you can observe the universe all the way to 13.8 billion light years away. The seen universe, 13.8 billion light years away is what we can observe right now. So they take a lot of other science stuff into account and they say, so that's approximately 92 billion light years in diameter. So if you want to take how far out we can see and we want to put that into a how big it is, that's 92 billion light years in diameter. What is that? How big is 92 billion light years? <laughs> so, so then, of course, you know, we go to Google. So Google tells me that one light year is approximately 5.88 trillion miles. 5.88 trillion. I don't even know how big a trillion is. So we're looking at one, one light year. How far light can travel in one year is what we're talking about. 5.88 trillion miles. So take 5.88 trillion miles and multiply that by 92 billion light years and tell me how big it is. What will the calculator say? <laughs> so can we even fathom? Can we fathom the size and the wonder and the glory and the power and the magnificence of God, right? God, we're talking about something that big, 92 billion light years in diameter, and then take that and look in, to use that perspective and now think about God, the person who literally spoke all of that into existence just by the power of his word. Everything you see, everything you think about, everything you do, existence in itself. We're talking about a God who's so big, so holy, so powerful that he spoke that into existence. Can we really even fathom? Can we really reach the depths of just how big God is? So now, now try to wrap your mind around it. Wrap your mind around the power and the glory of God, right? Verse 5 to 6, Peter says, Never forget that long ago by God's word the heavens came into being, and the earth was formed out of water and by water. By these waters also the world of that time was deluged and destroyed. So think about a mighty powerful God who created all things and by his power destroyed all things. That's who we're talking about. So we see God's already shown that he has the power to judge the sinfulness of the world, right? And that time it came in the form of a flood. He's already shown us he's got the power to create, he's got the power to destroy. 
So Peter's reminding us, never forget, a God that big, he deserves respect, reverence, and holy fear from all of us. Proverbs 9.10 says, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and the knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. So Peter says, always remember who God is. Always remember who God is. If we frame God rightly in our mind, just how big and holy and wonderful he is, that will begin to create who we are and what we do, right? We'll never doubt who we're called to be, and we'll never doubt our purpose in his plan. So what's our purpose in his plan? Peter says, remember God's plan. Remember God's plan. He says in verse 7, that by the same word, the present heavens and earth are reserved for fire, being kept for the day of judgment and destruction of the ungodly. In verse 10, he says, but the day of the Lord will come like a thief. The heavens will disappear with a roar. The elements will be destroyed by fire and the earth and everything done in it will be laid bare. He will judge the sins of the world. Peter says, don't forget what God's done in the past and always remember what he's going to do. Always remember there will be a final judgment. And that's just the truth that we love you enough to share. There will be a final judgment. As we go about our life, as we plan our weeks and our minutes and our months and, and years, and we always plan with purpose, right? Never forget that judgment's coming. God's perfectly powerful, perfectly righteous, perfectly just. That's just who he is. And because he's a perfect, righteous, just God, he must judge a sinful, fallen world. That's just the truth. He must judge a sinful, fallen world. Never forget and always remember. Never forget and always remember. In God's plan, Jesus will return in judgment. He will return in judgment. This is the Jesus I'm talking about. In Revelation 19, 11 to 21, it says this. I saw heaven standing open, and there before me was a white horse whose rider is called Faithful and True. With justice he judges and wages war. His eyes are like blazing fire. And on his head are many crowns. He has a name written on him that no one knows but he himself. He is dressed in a robe dipped in blood, and his name is the Word of God. The armies of heaven were following him, riding on white horses and dressed in fine linen, white and clean. Coming out of his mouth is a sharp sword with which to strike down the nations. He will rule them with an iron scepter. He treads the winepress of the fury of the wrath of God Almighty. On his robe and on his thigh, he has this name written, King of kings and Lord of lords. King of kings and Lord of lords. That's the Jesus I'm talking about. That's the Jesus that will return in judgment of a sinful fallen world and a sinful fallen people. God must judge, right? God is that holy and perfect. He must judge. So I'm looking around at, at people in here, and I'm just thinking about me, and I just think, man, there's a lot of us that are like, man, I'm done. God's that big, that powerful, that holy, that just, that perfect. I'm done, right? I mean, I don't know about you guys, but I'm not that good. He just is. I'm in trouble. You ask that question, man, am I in trouble? If God's really all of that, am I in trouble? 
Yes, you are. You're in trouble. We're all in trouble. Because we won't just slip through into heaven because of our good works, right? Being mostly a good person won't do it for you. It just won't. Trying to do the right things as you're able just won't do it for you. So as we think about God being magnificent and holy and perfect and powerful and a just judge, let me tell you, at the same time, this God who's full of righteousness and justice, he's at the same time just as full of love and grace and mercy in his plan. Right? We look forward. We know what's going to end up in his plan. We know where his plan finishes with judgment. But at the same time, in his plan, he's full of love and grace. So in knowing the end, we serve a God who said, I love you people so much. You who are created in my image, I'll make a way for you. I'll make a way for you. You see, God, who is a God of righteous anger at the very same time, he's a God of perfect love. Perfect love. John 3.16 says, God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. God knew that in ourselves, and our own sinful nature, we'd never make it. We'd never make it. So he sent Jesus, he sent the gospel, right? The good news for you and me, for all who would believe. So what's that look like? What is it? The gospel is very simply Jesus Christ. He is the Son of God. The Son of Man sent into this world to be born of a virgin that He might be sinless. That He might be born under the law to keep the very law that you and me break day after day after day after day. The perfect sinless Son of God who has perfectly met all the requirements of God's law and is ready to give His righteousness to us that we would have a perfect standing before a holy God. So He went to a cross where He was lifted up to die and there on that cross the sins of everyone who would believe in Him would be transferred to Him. He who knew no sin literally became sin for you and me that we might become the righteousness of God. The great exchange, right, where, where the, the very worst about me and you and who you are was laid on Him. The very best of Him was laid on me through His blood shed on that cross. He reconciled us as sinful people to a holy God and completely satisfied the righteous wrath of God. That's the good news. That's our hope in God's plan. Because of Jesus, listen, you're not done. Because of Jesus, you're not done. You don't have to fear the final judgment. Through faith in Jesus, you're not done. But first, you do have to be undone by the power of the gospel. The gospel has to change us. The gospel has to inform who we are and what we do. And in God's perfect plan, that's where we find our purpose. Right there in His perfect plan, knowing the end, knowing what He did, that's where we find our purpose. That's how I stand here. A sinful man, 
with 27 years of existence that was just wasted away in the meaningless pursuits of life. A sinful man who has a perfect Savior who gives me an eternal purpose. Like an eternal purpose that I can wake up for in the good days, the bad days, the in-between days, and I can have joy in life because I look ahead in light of eternity and I see a perfect Savior with a perfect plan who gives me a perfect purpose. And I'm here to tell you in His plan you can find purpose today. You can find purpose today in His plan. So that leads to living life with purpose. What does that look like? How do we live life with purpose? He says, but do not forget one, this one thing, dear friends. With the Lord, a day is like a thousand years, and a thousand years are like a day. The Lord is not slow in keeping his promises. Some understand slowness. Instead, he is patient with you, not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. Living your life with purpose starts with faith and repentance. It starts with faith and repentance. If you've never believed in the finished work of Jesus Christ on the cross, repented before him and confessed him as Lord and Savior, that's your first step. We're all about next steps here at Connection Dublin and growth in who we are in Christ, but next steps can't happen until we take our first step. Our first step is, is repentance and confession before a holy God. What's the point of anything we do? What's the point of anything that we work for or we earn or we gain with no hope for eternity? We have such a, a short time, a short existence. Don't waste it on things that will never fully and finally satisfy you. I'm telling you, you can think of something right now. I can think of something right now that in days we turn to sometimes put our hope into. And I'm telling you, it won't satisfy you. It just won't. I tried to find it in all kind of things, and it never satisfied. Never satisfied, but maybe at the best day for a moment. Faith in the saving work of Jesus Christ, that's your only hope for eternity. Period. Now to the believer, verse 9 says that the Lord wants all to come to repentance. He doesn't want any to perish, so that means we all now have a part to play, right? For the believer, we all have a part to play. You have a purpose in the plan of God. All of you. If you know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, I'm telling you, I don't care what you do, where you work, how good off you are, how bad off you are, your life has a purpose, an eternal purpose, to be a disciple of Jesus Christ and to make disciples of Jesus. It's not meaningless. When you go into your work, when you go to meet with your family or to sit down and eat supper with your kids or whatever that looks like. It's not meaningless. There's a purpose in that. Even when you don't want to go there or be there, there can be a purpose in that for you. So if we're being disciples of Jesus, we're planning and living our lives in light of eternity. Right? When we sit down, when we make our schedules, plan our finances, raise our children, go to work, Go on vacation. Let's right now go to the ball field 400 days a week. We're doing it all with a purpose and in light of eternity. And what is it? 
That's living out the grace and the love and the truth of the gospel in our lives. When you go to work, when you go to family dinner, when you go to the family gathering with the side of the family that nobody really likes a whole lot. We all got those sides. Don't look at me like that. There's a purpose in it. It's not meaningless. Know God and make Him known in who you are and in all that you do. So the more you live in light of who God is, His perfect plan in eternity, I'm telling you, you'll find purpose. And you'll be able to live your life with purpose. Full of purpose. Full of joy. But we all get caught up. And we all get stuck. I don't care who you are, where you live, where you grew up. Take my little rope here. Look at this rope. So let's think about this rope as eternity, right? So this rope goes all the way back through there, runs out the door, and it is eternal. It goes on forever. That's what this rope does. James 4.14 says, we don't even know what will happen tomorrow. What is your life? You're a mist that appears for a little while and then vanishes. Think about this. The average life expectancy for a man in the United States is 74 and a half years. 74 and a half. Think about how old you are right now. I'm getting older. I got a birthday this coming week. So think about looking ahead and seeing more time behind you than you have before you. What's really important? So we got eternity. It goes forever. And then this is what we get right here. This is what we get for life. This little bit. In light of eternity, we get this. What are we doing with it? Who are we being in it? We, we take this little piece, and man, it's so easy. I do it. I do it too. I get caught in it, y'all. We start looking at this piece and we start saying, man, I need the next promotion and I need the next this and the next that and the nicer stuff and the, the better house and the better car. And none of those things are bad, right? Those things aren't inherently bad things. You can have nice stuff. But the problem is, is we run into the, the issue of then stuff gets us. So as we have these things and we start living this life for this stuff, instead of it just being a good thing that we have, it starts to literally run our life, and sometimes we don't even realize it, right? Having the, the, the best car, and I mean having the, the best football team and the best basketball team and winning all the games and getting the new next promotion, and man, if I work a few more hours, then I'll have more money to do this and that, and then it just slowly starts to run our life. It just does. Stuff's not bad, but stuff can't have us. So think about living in light of eternity. Think about living in light of eternity. Have these good things taken over our lives, our daily lives. When we sit down and we plan out our day and our week and our month and our year and where I'm going next week for breakfast and all of these things. Living it in light of eternity. Sometimes we, we really forget. We don't remember who God is. He starts to ease from, from the, the magnificence and the glory and the power and the justice of God. He starts to ease back toward that box. 
And then our things start to ease back up toward up here where God was. And they just slowly start to get a hold of us. So let's remember who God is. Let's remember God has a perfect plan and we have a purpose in that perfect plan. And the reason we get the stuff and the reason we have the time and the reason we have the minutes is because he doesn't want anyone to perish, right? The only thing that we can take with us from here are people. The only thing we can take with us to heaven is people. Family, friends, sons, daughters, as we're planning out these lives around sports and all these things, and I'm not downing you, my kids play every sport on earth, I feel like. But as we're planning it out and as we're doing it, how do we leverage it? Not for this, not for this minute that we get, but in light of eternity, right? Believers, that's what we look at. That's what we need to be thinking about. So I just ask you right now, just be honest with yourself. I think about it myself. That's all I've been thinking about the past week as I've been preparing this sermon is who am I in light of eternity? Really? Let's be honest with ourselves right now. We, we all have areas of our life that we need to realign, right, away from this moment and in light of eternity, all of us. We all have areas. What's that area for me? And today, I just ask you as you're thinking about that, either, either right there where you're sitting or feel free to come down to the altar. But as God reveals those things to us, I'm just praying that he, he will be revealing and we'll be asking him, God, what's taking over my life? What am I not living in light of eternity? And as he comes, I just ask that you would just pray for God to give you the courage the strength and the wisdom to realign, right? Take our eyes off of this moment we get and let's realign in light of eternity. So let's pray. Father, I just thank you for today. God, I just thank you and praise you for who you are and what you do. Jesus, thank you for your finished work on the cross. That literally in spite of who we are and what we've done, you paid it all for me. God, and I pray I never forget. God, I pray that never gets old. And I pray for everyone right here today, God, that you would just begin to draw people to yourself. God, do the work that only you can do. And if there's anyone here today that Maybe, maybe out of all this time, you realize, man, I, have I ever really understand the gospel? Have I been undone by the power of the gospel, who Jesus Christ is and what he did for me? Have I never really had faith? Have I never really repented and believed? Have I never really lived my life? Have I ever been undone by the gospel? And I just ask you right now, if, if that's you, if you've never truly been undone by the gospel, if you've never truly had faith, come to faith and repented before a holy God and a perfect Savior, just raise your hand. If that's you today. If that's you today, it should be up here on the screen for you. 
you can go online to Connection Dublin. Go to Salvation, get some information to us. So that we can connect with you and get you plugged into a growing relationship with Jesus. And for the rest of us, Father, I just pray that you would just be with us this afternoon, God, as we go throughout the day, Father. And as we plan out our week this week, God, start in us small, God. Start a work in us today, Father, that we would just be able to see where we've, where we've went astray, God, and we would be able to realign, Father, with your hope, God, for your eternity. God, in your purposes. Father, I pray that you would just convict all of us, God, where we need conviction, God, and give us courage and strength where we need courage and strength. Father, I just thank you and praise you for all that you do and who you are. Pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for tuning in to the Connection Church Dublin Sermon Podcast. We pray that this message stirred your affections for Jesus. We would love for you to subscribe to the podcast and share it with others. For more information about our church and other resources, please visit ConnectionDublin.com.